Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of Ag Credit Set It. I'm Phil Young, along with Libby Wickstead. We're excited to be back at it and have a great lineup of speakers coming over the next few months. We are keeping the same format and bringing you episodes twice a month on the first and the third Monday. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Today, we are kicking off Season 2 with a nationally known farm advocate, Zippy Duval, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. He's the third-generation poultry, cattle, and hay producer from Georgia and has been president of the American Farm Bureau Federation since 2016. Through his leadership as AFBF president, he has helped shape a new farm bill, defeated misguided regulations, shepherd new trade agreements, and ensure farmers and ranchers are supported through natural disasters and the ongoing impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, so let's kick off season two and bring on President Duvall. Welcome, President Duvall. Thank you for joining us today. Um, to start off, could you could you tell us a little bit about your background in agriculture, what uh, American Farm Bureau does, and kind of the path that brought you to American Farm Bureau Federation? Sure, I don't mind doing that. It's a long path. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> after all these years, that, that path has become longer and longer. But, you know, basically, I grew up on a dairy farm and spent my life dairying and uh, just act, actually loved the cows. You put me on a tractor, I'd beat you back to the house to go to the barn. But, uh, but I was one of those guys that just enjoyed the cows. I'm one of the few dairymen that got out of dairy business that would go back in tomorrow if I could. And if I knew I could make some money. Yeah. <laughs> most, of them, most of them don't want to have anything to do with it, you know. But, uh, yes. But during that time, uh, I was, um, uh, my, I, I remember complaining to my father and mother at my breakfast table after I took over the dairy about, you know, regulation and the cost and the price of milk and all that. And I remember my daddy leaning back in his chair and saying, well, son, if you want to make a difference in that area of your business, you're going to have to get outside your fence rows, meaning that I had to get involved in farm policy. Uh, farm policy. And uh, so he took me to a Farm Bureau meeting. I got elected president uh, or chairman of the Young Farmer Committee in my county, and I served there several years. And then they recruited me to go to Washington with the State Young Farmer Committee and ended up serving on the State Young Farmer Committee, became chair. And then I was uh, nominated to be on the National Young Farmer Committee and served there uh, on the National Young Farmer Committee as chair in 1987, been a long time ago, probably before y'all were born. <laughs> 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 yeah. but, uh, but, from there, but from there, I came home after retiring as Young Farmer Chairman with the goal of winning the legislative award for my county in Farm Bureau. Because I give one award award on state level, and it took us several years, and then I got involved with the county commissioners, rural EMC, served on their boards, uh, and you know, and then I kind of just worked my way through all those thirty years of milking cows, and, and and I ran for a seat on the state board of directors of Georgia Farm Bureau, served there four years, ran as for president, served there nine years as president. And then ran for this position. I've been here six years. So I tell young people, if there, if God opens up a door, stick your toe in it and look through it, pray about it a little bit and see if you need to go through it. And, and I, <laughs> I, I found the right ones to go through to get here. It's been a long trail. It wasn't a goal in my life to be president of American Farm Bureau, but it surely has been an honor and a privilege to do that. 
Yeah, it's gosh, it's hard to believe you've been there six years in that position. Time has flown by. Mm-hmm. It has. <laughs> yeah. But time goes by when you're having fun. That's yes, right. that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, our our and our our podcast uh, is kind of focused, I guess, on young beginning farmers. And so, I guess, can you kind of paint a picture of kind of what American Farm Bureau is, what your job is, and kind of what the organization does? You know, kind of a yeah, fifty thousand foot view. Sure, my job is to build relationships with the people here in Washington, uh, whether they be elected official, whether they uh, are working at USDA or whether they're at EPA or, or Interior. My job is also to build relationships with other commodity groups so that we all working together and not fighting against each other. And, and, and then it's also my job, along with all the wonderful staff I have up and down the hall here at American Farm Bureau, to push our, far, our, our farmers' policies forward. And that policy starts at the grassroots. And a lot of people brag about the grassroots and they'll brag about their policy development process, but there's no policy development process. It's the thorough is ours is, and it comes straight from the farm. And uh, we take a lot of pride in that. And a lot of the people on Capitol Hill realizes that, and that's where they see the value and trust that they have in Farm Bureau when it comes to an issue. So, you know, I'm uh, today I was sitting in front of the GOP uh, uh, representatives on the House side talking about farm bill. Uh, and last, two weeks ago, I was in the Oval Office with President Biden talking about the Ocean uh, Shipping Reform Act and had the privilege to introduce him when he signed that. So uh, I could be in USDA tomorrow, but uh, I think tomorrow I'm going to be with uh, Senator Bozeman. So that's what that's what I do every day. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Well, speaking of, um, you know, you're talking about farm policy and the farm bill. Um, I guess, can you share with us a few of the top issues that you guys are currently advocating for, which I'm assuming with the farm bill coming up, um, that's one of them. But can you share what your, I guess, what your top three would be? Yeah, well, well the top one right now is trying to find ways to bring input costs down. And of course, <laughs> absolutely, uh, that that is an absolute uh, one of the, main discussion topics out in uh, agriculture. I just just come back from a trip from uh, uh, over at, in Indiana and listened to those farmers. Uh, and, and we have worked with USTR. We've worked with uh, USDA. We've worked with uh, uh, everyone that we can work with um, uh, to try to make sure that, that there's no tariffs in the way, uh, that we encourage more production here in the United States to try to tear down some regulations that's preventing some of that from being uh, uh, developed. Uh, So we're all over the place trying to do whatever we can. Of course, we can't stop a war from American Farm Bureau. We wish we could for those people first and second that we could release some of those uh, nutrients that they have over there. There's so many things that are affecting it from lack of workforce, truckers, shipping issues, tariffs, and the war. And uh, basically, the supply chain in general is causing a lot of that. So we're focused on that. Uh, Labor, we're focused on working with the Senate to try to refine their uh, farm labor bill to make sure that uh, it takes care of all of our farmers' labor needs and not just part of them. We have some issues with the bill that came out of the House. We don't want to put any more liability on our farmers with some of the issues that's in that bill. We want to make sure that we can take care of the people that's been here for years and years and years with some type of adjustment of status that allow him to stay, stay here and work and come out of the shadows. 
And we'd love to see something done with the AWAR wage rate formula so it could be more fair to workers and to, to farmers. So we're, we're keyed in on trying to bring that to a point, and that is a very difficult political issue to talk about. There's many more. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> I know. You're a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the last one I would tell you, and a lot of people don't know about it, is we, we kind of serve as a watchdog for American agriculture. We're looking at everything that the administration and other organizations around this town are putting out. So the SEC put out a ruling, and that ruling, their intent was to take the big companies that were being traded on the exchange to be able to prove their promises uh, in in the climate area. In other words, you, you hear these companies say, we're going to be a carbon neutral by 2030. Well, the exchange wants to make them prove that so the investors could understand that they're really going to meet those goals. Well, in doing that, they're going to make them trace the carbon footprint all the way back to the raw material. It's just about everything off our farm is a raw material for something that's sold by those companies. So we immediately sounded an alarm. We hired a a really good attorney to put our comments together because they had a comment period on that rule. Uh, I called Secretary Vilsack and said, you know, I know this is not under USDA, but I, you need to understand, and the president needs to understand, this is an issue for us. Uh, it could be as big as waters of the U.S. to us. Mm-hmm. And so he said he'd try to help us get a seat at the table. And the next week, the chairman of the SEC called me. We had a great conversation, and he's promised me a seat at the table to be able to try to work that out because he said that was not his intent. But I tell him whether it was your intent or not, if you do this and you don't change something, it's going to, a roundabout way, affect the farmers. And they really have no authority to regulate agriculture. Those are big ones. And you stop me because I could go on and on. I'll stop. (laughs) I'll stop. Yeah. No, yeah. um, One of the questions I'm I'm curious about is, obviously, you joined Farm Bureau at at a really young age. and, And fast forward to 2022, I guess. Um, what's changed from, you know, when you were young, just starting out with Farm Bureau to today? And, and I guess, um, you know, the agriculture itself, I guess, how, how do you see that, that change happening? And where do you see Farm Bureau in the future? I got older. <laughs> I, don't know the guy, I don't know the guy in the mirror when I wake up in the morning. I, I like him, but I don't know him. <laughs> On a, on a serious <laughs> note, on a serious note, what really has changed in a good way and some in a bad is we have the ability to communicate like never before with social media and phones on our hips. And I mean, you know, just think about we got more computer power in our pocket than, than the man had when they went to the moon the first time. I mean, that's almost like, wow, you know, yeah. but you know, we, we, can, we can send out a leadership alert to every Farm Bureau member that uh, the states allow us to touch and ask them to respond to a, uh, to an issue on the Hill, and, and we can get it done in a matter of minutes. A good example, we, we sounded the alarm on the SEC ruling. We had 4,000 emails go to wow. SEC. Oh, wow. Matter of fact, the chairman says, what am I getting all these emails from Farm Bureau members for? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we didn't have that ability back when I started. Uh, back when I started, you had to sit down and write a letter or make a phone call, and you may or may not get them. 
mostly you, you met them at the town hall meeting, and that's where you did your business. Uh, but I would I would challenge young people today that we, we're having a hard time getting them to understand there's still value in a membership organization. We're still relevant. We're just as relevant today as we were 102 years ago when we were created. And they're going to be on the farm working hard, taking care of the family, going to church, going to softball, baseball games, and all the things that go on with raising a young family. Let us be your watchdog, but be prepared to attack when we ask you to attack. And we'll save you all that time and energy. And yes, of course, there's great materials on our website with market intel, white papers that they can read and keep the keep the knowledge level up on all the issues that we're, we're working with each and every day, but be ready to attack when we ask them to respond, because that's what I, the power of our organization is in the farmers and ranchers on the farm that are engaged. If, if they respond when we ask them to, we can make things happen here and, and make things not happen. That's just as important as making things happen. And, you know, I would say in the atmosphere that we're in today, we have better than average relationship with this administration. Uh, we have good contacts. I have good relationships with them. We have a seat at the table. We, we have had the opportunity to keep a lot of things from falling off the cliff. We've kind of pulled them back up off the cliff and kept the worst of all situations from happening. Is that what we want to do? No, we want to win, win, win. But in this environment, that is a win because our country's so divided. Democrats and Republicans are so divided. So if we can just keep things from going off the cliff, we've actually done our job and protected American agriculture. But we need active members, and no one, no one is better at it than the young people if we can just get them to understand the value that they can bring just in sending a text from a, a leadership alert that we send out. That's encouraging. I mean, half the battle is just getting to the table and being heard, right? You know, yeah. um, getting to see. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah. And it's just so simple. You know, when you do get those text alerts, I mean, for whatever organization that you're part of, just to hit it and send it. And, you know, and you, you kind of did your duty if you, you know, you truly believe in what, you know, what that alert is for and, and, and the organization that you're with. And like you said, technology is amazing now that you can just do that. So, yeah. Um, I guess along with encouraging people to be involved in Farm Bureau and with the that um, following through with those action alerts and things like that, what is your best advice that you could share with young beginning farmers other than being you know being involved and, and advocating? Well, you know, uh, uh, I remember I grew up. I, I started farming, and not in my first decade in farming was during the eighties. And y'all are way too young to remember the eighties, but. Uh, they they were very, very difficult times. And I know you've heard about them, read about it. Back then, uh, the, the secret to me staying in business was was being able to diversify. And, and not everyone has the ability to do that, but just to think out of the box a little bit to see how you take your business to the next level, whether it be diversification or deliver straight to the consumer or you know partner with a neighbor to own one piece of uh, equipment together. I mean, there's just so many variations of how you might uh, have a business plan to make sure that your job is, your your uh, future is secure. And and that that is a hard thing to do. It, it's really a hard thing to do because we are habits of, we're creature of habits. We want to we do the same thing that we've been doing. We want to do what our 
fathers and grandfathers did. We can't, we can't do that anymore and survive. Uh, of course, uh, uh, I tell young people that even though they're busy and they're busy on the farm with their families and church and everything, they still need to budget a little bit of time to be part of the commodity group and the Farm Bureau so that we make sure that, you know, we, we, have, we need current policy here. It only comes from the farm so that we make sure that we're, we're advocating what they want us to advocate for. And, and we can't do it without their involvement. And I promise them, it, none of that is a waste of time. It is time well used. And you just, you just got to pay attention to your business, stay focused, take care of your family, take care of yourself. We have a lot of mental health issues across the country. Take care of yourself because, uh, and just work hard. I mean, work, working hard has gotten me a lot of places in this world, including being here. Yeah, and that's I love working with young beginning farmers just because, like, when you're talking about their first vacation, that they are always there. There is no box with a lot of them, and they're always thinking about new ideas. Yeah. And um, I know I we've heard about um, a tractor Uber uh, that that could be coming down in the future of you know people sharing tractors and not owning them, which I think a lot of young farmers are you know because if you have a first generation farmer, they can't. They can't buy all that equipment, so they are borrowing. And, and so I, you know, I'm glad to hear you know you say that because I think we're encouraging guys to do that, guys and girls, I should say as well. And and the real issues face them is availability of land. That's that that is an yeah. issue. Uh, availability yeah. of credit. We're, we're here with uh, farm credit, which you know, by the way, I, I got a whole story with farm credit. I spent my whole life. Uh, with farm credit, they're borrowing so much money from them. And they've been so good to me. Uh, but uh, good having credit, having availability of land, and then the one a lot of them don't think about is a mentor. You know, go, go find someone that's already tried that, that's got a little experience, and pick his brain or work with him or work for him or share something with him or bring something to the table that, it's good for him, and, and I promise you, he'll give you a lot back. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I try to do that on my own farm. I got a young farm manager, and you know, I, to me now, what I want to accomplish in my later years as a as a farm owner is to make sure that he's set up for the rest of his life to be able to continue to farm, and my son too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I don't know about you, Phil, but I, I've encouraged a lot of young farmers to find um, a experienced farmer, I'll say, that it doesn't have anybody to pass the farm down to and to build that relationship with them to continue to grow. And like you said, to, you know, help their future. And, and with that, you know, accessibility that they don't, that young farmers don't have to land and where some of the experienced farmers do. Um, I mean, that is key. So, and we have a mentorship program at Ag Credit here. So I know how valuable that that, that piece um, is to have that mentor and that person to bounce ideas off of and, and try different things with. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and you kind of hit it. I mean, just never stop learning. You know, never stop asking questions. And um, one of the things I, I enjoy is I enjoy going to your guys' website and just reading articles, seeing what's in the news, seeing what issues are out there. And I encourage anyone that's listening to go go check out the website. Uh, one of the cool things that's out there is you also do a podcast, I saw. Um, Farmside Chats. Farmside Chats, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I uh, love to listen to a few of those. And, and I was curious, one of the questions I had for you is, is you know, you've done quite a few of those. And I think there's quite a few uh, blog articles on there, too. I guess, is there a topic that in an interview that you've done that was really interesting to you or that kind of uh, you wanted to share at all? 
Yeah, you know, uh, I've done several here lately that had to do with uh, uh, young people coming back to the farm mm-hmm. and and going off to college, finding something in their education that they could bring added value back to the farm so that that farm could afford to have them there. And and I've, I've had several that really hadn't been put out yet that you'll hear in the future. Uh, just some fantastic uh, young people that's, you know, I can bring this to the farm and I'm going to add this much value and I want to make my career here. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really a good way to do it because it's hard to just bring somebody back in with the same amount of cows, the same amount of chickens or the same amount of acres that you're planting and just bring a whole family back in and everybody still make a living off of it. It's almost impossible. So those are good. But now the ones that, the one that people have really liked is the one about the, the dog, uh, farm dog of the year. We've had so many people that liked that one and, uh, and, and had enjoyed my conversation with the owner of the farm dog of the year. And, and that was, that one was fun to do, but I enjoy every one of them. They're all kind of unique. Uh, and you'd be surprised, but most of the people that listen to my podcast are urban people. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's given me the opportunity to, uh, to share the farm stories across that I see in here every day when I'm traveling uh, to a group of people that never get that opportunity. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a, that is a great way to get the message out there about agriculture. That is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, so we have heard, um, I guess this kind of goes back to, um, you know, with, I guess the urban people, because they can be farm your members as well um, at different levels. Um, but how can, if somebody is not a farm bureau member, how can they, like, what, what can they do to become a member and um, how can they get involved at their local um, or state level with Farm Bureau? Yeah. Well, if you're a farmer, uh, all your county Farm Bureaus across America are looking for people that's willing to give their time and promote and help uh, the future of American agriculture, especially in their community. Uh, if you're a non-farmer, we would love for you to just come and be part of our organization. Learn where your food comes from uh, and, and share it with other people and get them interested in it. Uh, we, we need people that are willing to open up their farms. And, you know, uh, you know, the perfect situation was me open up my farm, but have someone that really doesn't farm be standing there with me and help support the issue, you know. And I'm bringing not just citizens and children and parents that want to see what's on the farm, but bringing uh, staff members or congressmen and senators there to teach them what really goes on in farm. You know, if you stay inside this beltway here in Washington, D.C., uh, you will lose reality. You have to go back outside the beltway and touch base with to the rural part of this country to stay in contact with. That's the reason I spend about half my time on the road talking to farmers. Nice. Well, any, any other uh, last thoughts or anything else you want to share about Farm Bureau or yourself? Well, uh, I, I want to say one, I want to thank the, uh, the farm credit system. Uh, you know, I don't know where my farm would have been without farm credit system. And you didn't ask me to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, for I was in dairy business. I didn't have time to go sit down at the bank. My wife did all the paperwork and everything. And my lending agent would come to my house, to my breakfast table. And my wife would call me on the phone and says, Ricky's here and the papers are ready. We need your signature. 
And it was that painless for me. It might not be painless for my wife, but it was painless for me. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I could have ever found anyone, any institution that would have uh, would have gave me that kind of service. Uh, so I'll always be indebted to the uh, farm credit system. And Ricky Cochran, who was my lending lending mm-hmm. agent, he was, and he became, he's become one of my best friends. Uh, he's retired now, and he and he introduced me to my new wife. So, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but as far as Farm Bureau, you know, I I, I want everyone out there, uh, young, old, uh, I don't care where you, what background you are, what gender you are, I don't, I don't care. We need people involved in this in agriculture, not in agriculture, involved in ag- in Farm Bureau. Uh, we need every voice of every farmer represented in this organization so our policy stays balanced so that when we go out and speak, we're speaking with one united voice. I promise you, I know it sounds doesn't sound correct to a lot of young people, but there is value in a membership organization still today. We are still relevant after 102 years. And if you come down and sit down here with me, I can tell you uh, issue after issue after issue that's just happened in my six years that would have been turned out a lot different had it not been for Farm Bureau and the strength of the grassroots of this organization. And as far as me, uh, I love doing my job. I work for the best people in the world, the salt of the earth of the world, and that's the American farmer. I love going to their farms and hearing their uh, hearing their stories and, and talking to them about their successes and their failures. Uh, and I get up every morning, and everybody in this organization does get up every morning, hoping that we can do something that day that will change someone's life to the betterment. And that's that's what our goal is. And uh, and I, I'd love to do this for a long time, as long as they, if my health is good and they like the job I'm doing, I, I'm enjoying doing it. And I do miss my farm. There's sacrifices and everything. When you serve, there's always a sacrifice, and my sacrifice is being away from my farm a lot. But but I feel like God's got me where he wants me to be. Yeah, so everybody has a purpose, and, and that purpose is, you know, very fulfill, very fulfilling when you, when you know where you're supposed to be, I feel like. Um, and I know I will say, too, just um, a lot of my, my personal trips that I've gone out to D.C. has been with um, Ohio Farm Bureau, and that has been some of my favorite trips. And as a young person, that is so neat to be able to sit down at the table with congressmen and women and have that conversation about agriculture and how it is affecting us as young people. And so we, you know, we thank you guys for that support because we came into, you know, as we toured your guys' office, which if you have not been to their office, it is, it is worth a visit because it is a very neat office to visit. And President Duval, we thank you for all that you guys do at American Farm Bureau. Um, and we appreciate you sharing what you guys do. Um, and hopefully this um, podcast will encourage um, people to um, be involved in Farm Bureau or if they aren't involved to you know, become a member and then also um, advocate for what they believe in in agriculture. Um, so thank you again. We'll see you around, I guess. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's kind of like that old saying that, that, that they used to have the Uncle Sam point, we need you. <laughs> and uh and i'll leave you with this favorite bible verse is colossians three twenty three. whatever you do in life do it with all your heart though as though you were doing it for the lord not for man and i think if we get up every morning and have that goal in life uh that everything's going to be okay at the end of the day we're here watching your back we're here 
being the watchdog for American agriculture, and we take a lot of pride. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.